Can I have all the moms stand up? I want to once again wish you a happy Mother's Day. Thank you, moms, for all that you do. And I want to pray for you all right now. Father, as we take a day to acknowledge our moms, uh, it's not enough to give thanks for all that they have done and all that they do. Lord, they have worked endlessly, tirelessly, lovingly to care for their children, to care for us, and they do it with conviction, compassion. Lord, we ask that you would give them a blessed day, that they would enjoy this celebration, that they would be taken care of, spoiled, Lord, that you would once again give them that sense of worth that you give as you have put within their hearts this love and nurturing that is so unique and so like you. And Father, I also pray for those here who have lost their moms or those who have lost their children. Lord, as this day is a day of celebration, we know that it also comes with heartache for many. And so I pray that you would comfort, Lord, those who are experiencing a loss at this day, and it's mixed with the joy of celebration and the memories of what they've lost. Father, may once again you wrap your arms around them and breathe peace upon their souls. I lift those who are physically in serious situations, Lord. I lift up Michael's mom to you who had one brain surgery and is scheduled for another one in a few weeks. Lord, we are grateful that the first surgery went well and we pray that the next one does go well also. We lift up Debbie Brown to you, Lord, who also is going to have to go through brain surgery later on this month. Have your hand upon her comfort her and her family as they want to celebrate this day and yet their hearts are filled with concern and worry. Once again, Lord, we lift them to you as well as the others who are in physical need, Lord. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your strength that sustains us. Bless our time together, we pray, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you, moms. Well, today we're going to be concluding our series on relationships. Thank you, Ted, for sharing last week. Now you all know where the Greyhound bus station is and where to drop your kids off if they're giving your wife trouble. Parenting tips from Ted. Great truths there. We have talked, and the reason we have engaged in this series is because relationships are at the core of who we are. God has created us relational beings. And so the best way to really improve the quality of our lives is to improve our relationships with the people around us. We looked at how the first step we need to take to improving the relationships around us is to improve ourselves, to take the beam out of our own eye before we try and remove the dust out of someone else's, to critique ourselves and to look within us and see what is it that really needs to change within me because I am the one person I have control over and what I can change to make things better. And so starting there is really necessary. We also looked at how we need to be people of inquiry, that if you really care about someone, then you're going to be concerned. You're going to want to know about them. And that questions are the way to engage people and not just superficial questions, but to try and direct our conversations so that we can really understand and get to know 
what someone is about, what's taking place, how they think, what makes them tick, what are they passionate for, what are their dreams, what do they long to see take place in our lives. Most of our conversations just skim on the surface and we never get to the heart of what a person is really about. And it all has to do with the lack of inquiry, the lack of questions and concern and caring to probe deeper. We are to have the same mindset as Christ in our relationships with one another. And then we also spoke about how what really matters is not how we feel about ourselves, but how we are being seen and projecting ourselves to the people around us. That it doesn't matter if you feel like you love someone, if they are not getting the love, then something's wrong. And so how we show up is really important the ability to present ourselves in a way that actually helps, actually can produce a healthy relationship and not be so enclosed in our own little life and mind and not think about those things and how they affect the people around us. And just as we have the power to hurt people with the actions that we do, with the things that we say, with our conduct we saw that we also have the ability to actually bring healing into these areas of relationship. That you have that ability and that that responsibility is yours as well. So it's not just neutral. It's not just I'm here for the ride. It's I'm an active participant in bringing health into the relationships around me or to bring hurt. And so those things, if we can invest ourselves in these areas, can produce better relationships. And today we're going to talk about investment. How we invest in people. You know, when you think of investing, especially when you talk about investing in people, you think of it as giving towards others. And of course that's true. But what's really happening in investments, when you invest money into a certain commodity or stock, the idea is you're putting that money there so that it can bring a return. And the same thing is true in relationships. How you invest yourself and who you invest yourself in is going to have a powerful impact on the dividends that you receive. And if you're not aware of this, if you're not aware of how important it is to invest in the right people and in the right way, then you're not going to receive the return that's going to be helpful for you. And it requires investment. Think of it. What if Leonardo da Vinci never took any of his work outside of his studio? He just kept it locked up there. Or if the Beatles never went to the recording studio and put their music down on tape? What if Michael Jordan never left his backyard and just shot hoops back there but never went to school, never went to North Carolina, never went to the NBA? Think of how art and music and sports would have a lack They produce so much to help each of those fields. Why? Because they invested their talent. They invested their time and they invested it so that others could see it. Jesus invested himself in his disciples. Many of them were unbelievers at the time. Just important to point that out. He invested in in them. He gave of himself. He taught them, spent time with them, nurtured them to understand the truth of who God was and the truth of who he was. The Apostle Paul surrounded himself with people. Priscilla, Aquila, Barnabas, Timothy, people he could invest in that could further the things that were important to his own life. How could Paul have such influence over 
the church at the time. It was because of how he invested and who he invested in. You see, you can't invest in everybody. You just can't do it. You can't have a million best friends. You're only going to have a few people who are going to be really, really close to you. How do you know which people to give of yourself to in that way? But you see, some of you have targets on your forehead. People look at you and they say, they can't say no. You know what I'm saying? They ask you for everything. They ask you for help, for this, for that. They are constantly coming to you because you're the person who just can't say no. And you're exhausted and you're spread thin because you invest yourself to everyone and everything. And these same people who ask you to help them in all these various ways don't return the investment. You guys know anyone like that? Don't say their name out loud, especially if they're sitting next to you. <laughs> Where you give, but there is no return for that investment. You help them out, but they don't take that help, and they don't help you out, or more importantly, they don't help anyone else out. You see, if you are not a person who will invest in others, then you're not a person that's worthy to be invested in. And this is really important that we understand. If you're not a person who will give of yourself to other people, then why should we give to you? You're like Leonardo da Vinci locked in the studio and it never gets out. The music never gets put on vinyl, never goes out on the radio. It just stays with you. It's that stream that runs into the lake, but the lake has nowhere else to go and it just gets stagnant. If you're not investing in other people, then investment in you goes nowhere. And so it's important to realize that if we are going to give of ourselves to people, which we should, we want to give to the people who are also going to give to people. Because if a person is unwilling to give, it's not a good investment. And this takes place in every arena of life. It takes place in our spiritual arena as well as in our relationships in every other area. Think about it. If you start going out with a guy, but the guy is selfish. He just wants you to cater to him. Can you drive to my house? I, yeah, I'm low on gas. Okay. Hey, can you take me out to dinner? I don't have any money this week. I spent it on the races or whatever. What's happening? You're, you're seeing what this person is like, what they're made of. You're starting to get insight into who this clown is. He's a user. The investment goes in, but it never goes out. He's not someone who gives. He's just someone who takes. That's telling you something about that relationship or about work. That person at work who always makes excuses. It's not my job description. You know, I would, but that's not my job description. I really can't, you know, no, I, I have a sore toe. Um, whatever it is, there's always some reason they can't go through. They're, they're always finding reasons to hinder the work instead of finding ways to be productive. Who are you going to invest in? If you're looking for a manager, is it the guy who's always got excuses or the one who's always looking for opportunities? You see, one, it just takes. The other gives. And so all these areas of life have to do with how we invest and the people we invest in and what those people are like if they are people who we can trust will continue the investment, pay it forward, so to speak, or are they people who are just takers? 
And Paul talked about this with Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And it's important just as we go forward here to realize that this isn't an us versus them. So many times it's presented in church circles that you don't invest in people who are not of faith. And 2 Corinthians chapter 6, where Paul says, don't be unequally yoked, is often quoted, although Paul is dealing specifically with idolatry there and the compromise of worship. He's not speaking about not investing in people who aren't people of faith, who people who don't know Christ. You have received blessings from people who are not Christians. I'm sure you have. Teachers, counselors, doctors, plumbers. Your plumber come there and you say, excuse me, are you a follower of Jesus? He goes, Jesus, what's with the Jesus? I'm here to fix the pipes. No, he's doing a job, he's doing a service. People invest in our lives. I have received great counsel from people who've been outside of faith. Jesus invested in his disciples and in so many who did not know who he was, even those, who, the Gentiles, who were not in the fold, the foreigners. You can invest in people, but be wise in the people you invest in. And that's what Paul is telling Timothy here in chapter 2 says, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, listen to this, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. You see what he's saying? He's telling Timothy, I've taught you. I've shown you these things. I've entrusted these things to you. You've heard me, and a lot of people have heard me. Now, take what I have taught you and teach it to others, entrust it to others, reliable people who will then teach it to others. You see, there, there is something that Paul is trying to get to. It's, it's the furtherance of this message. It doesn't stop with you, Timothy. It's got to go on, but it doesn't go on just to these people. These people have to take it and make it go further. So invest in people who will invest in others. Take this message to people who will then teach it to others. He goes on and he gives three metaphors here to help describe what he's talking about. Join with me, verse 3, in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who com competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. And Lord, we do pray for your insight in all this. First of all, he says, entrust to reliable people who will also teach others. Some people will just use you dry. You will invest and invest and invest and you will get nothing for your return. They will just want more and more and more. They feel entitled. And we've all done this. We've all given of ourselves, tried to help someone out, and they just took it and stayed in the same place they were at. They didn't move on. I remember one young man taking him to court, trying to get some of the tickets cleared up for him, taking him to a rehab center to try and get him off of the drugs and alcohol, getting him in a program. I mean, going, driving hundreds of miles just to take care of all these things, putting this investment, and then to find out in less than a year's time, he's back on the streets, back in the same place. 
And so you learn that investment wasn't good. It doesn't mean you don't love the person. It doesn't mean you don't care. But that's not going to be a person who's going to further this message. And you have to be aware of that. Because now when he comes and he says, I need help, how much investment are you going to give him if he's not willing to invest himself? And it's a hard thing to say no to someone in need. And it's hard to know which person is going to continue that investment and which isn't. But you will spend all your time investing in people who don't return the investment and you'll be frustrated. And so we need to be careful that these people don't just drain us. And again, it it goes in so many areas of life. When you're trying to bring someone to an understanding of Christ who, who will carry this message of Jesus further, there's a lot of people you want to reach out to and try and help, but then where does that message go? Who do they share with? What, what develops from that time with that person? If nothing develops, how much time do you keep putting in? Because if you're going to get a return, in other words, if your relationship is going to develop, if you're going to move forward in the things that God has called you to do, can you keep being distracted and sidetracked? If Alex wants to go to Mexico and his heart is to go to Mexico and he keeps asking guys who don't really help out, who just go there and want to sightsee and want to fish, what's that going to do to his vision to reach out to Mexico? It's going to sidetrack it. Pretty soon he's going to be babysitting. You've been babysitting, haven't you, Alex? Yeah, go to Mexico and you end up babysitting. And it's like, I really wanted to do this, but ended up babysitting. What happened? The investment wasn't returning. And so how you give yourself and who you give yourself to is really crucial. And this is difficult because we have in our minds, we just got to give ourselves to everyone, but you can't. You just can't. You can love everybody. You can try and help everyone, but how much time you invest, you need to be careful. You need to guard your time. Love is long-suffering, but be careful that it doesn't distract you from pursuing the things that you really need to pursue and the areas that you need to pursue. If you are not someone, again, who will invest in others, then you are not a person who should be invested in. Remember that. A soldier, the first metaphor. You need to give yourself to those people who will wholeheartedly give themselves to this vision. It's not our job to change a person's priorities. Let me say that again, because this is where I get stuck. It's not my job to change someone's priorities. I'm not here to make someone Love the right thing. I can't. It's my job to look for the people who are hungry for the change. I can't force someone into the kingdom of heaven. Come on, get in there. Hey, turn around. Come on, get in. It's like, you know, you know, move on, go on. You can't do it. But what you can do is look for the people who are desiring to change, who want to make the difference, who will step forward and then move forward, who aren't entangled with what Paul says here, civilian affairs. In other words, they're committed to this. Those who see the difference from being a civilian and being a soldier, those who are fully vested in what you are vested in, Those who are committed like you're committed. A lot of times I will talk to people and share with them and try and move them from a place of, you know, coming to church and struggling in their life and just always having difficulties with one thing or another and trying, you know, well, let's try and move forward. 
You know, you, you give them things to read, you meet with them, you have a talk with them about the questions that they have, try and help them along. And then you find a, a week later, you know, on Facebook, they're back where they were before you had your talk, and it gets frustrating. And it gets discouraging. Because you thought, man, I, I spent this time with you. We were trying to move forward. What happened? They just fell back into the same routine. Or even in relationships, you really care about her. She means the world to you. And then she tells you, can we just be friends? What is that telling you? She's not vested in like you are. And it's hurting because I was hoping we could be more than friends. No, I just want to be friends. Darn it. Bummer. Why? Because they're not vested like you are. You see, a soldier isn't entangled with civilian affairs. He has a job to do. He has a mission. He is there for a purpose. And when the sergeant needs him to take care of something, he can't say, well, I got to go pick up the clothes at the cleaners. You know, my uniform, it's not pressed right now. So I'll, I'll be there next Tuesday. That doesn't happen in the military. No, you have to do what you're told to do. The civilian affairs are secondary. They're not necessary. Your mission is necessary. And so Paul is saying you need to get people who aren't entangled with all the other things, but people who are invested like you're vested in. You see, God has designed you and me for a purpose, for a service, to, to give of ourselves in some way and in something. But if you are constantly entangled with other things, you won't be able to produce that life. And if you want to live that life, if, if you want to pursue those things, if you want to be a part of the Choices program that Cindy's involved in, and, and you want to help out with that, well, then you need to be faithful in that. You can't be saying, well, I, yeah, it's not that important to me. If it's important to you, you vest yourself into it. You commit yourself to it so that you have now the focus to see it through to completion. A soldier isn't entangled with those things. We have to be willing to push ourselves forward. You get someone who comes to work, but they don't care about the job. They're just doing it to get a paycheck. They do as little as possible because they're really going to be a rock star someday. They're not vested in the work. You can't move forward with them. Paul also said that all things are lawful for me, but not everything is expedient or necessary. And what he's saying is, I don't want to invest a life with someone who is trying to get away with as much as they can. And there are people who say, well, I want to follow Jesus, but what can I still do and be a Christian? How, how close to the border can I live and still be a citizen of heaven. You don't invest in someone like that. And it's not your job to change their priorities. You can try and encourage them. But you see, there are a lot of people who want to be citizens. And if you invest in them, then guess what? The kingdom moves forward. Jesus would talk to people and he would challenge them the rich young ruler. Now, there's a title I wouldn't mind having. If I was to pick a title, I'll take that one. Rich young ruler. That sounds good. Here was a man who had material possessions. He had status. He was young. He had it all. But he wasn't vested. He was entangled with civilian affairs. And Jesus said... You lack one thing. Sell your stuff that you're holding on to. Come follow me. 
The guy said, no, I can't do that. He was entangled in those affairs. And you see, some people want to know what they can have, how much they can have, what they can get away with without really being committed. Are you that person or are you investing your time and your relationships with people like that? The person you want to invest in isn't the one who is defining boundaries. It's the person who's looking for opportunities. You want to give yourself to that person. You give more to the person who is willing to give up more. That's how it is in relationships. How do I know if this is a good guy to go out with? Is the guy giving? Because you're going to spend more time and, and open your heart up more to a person who is willing to serve and to work. A person who is faithful in the little things, Jesus said, will be given greater things. Don't expect a deep relationship with God or people if you're not willing to untangle yourself with the civilian affairs. If you're taking it lightly, then it's going to be surface at best. Instead, they, they try to please their commanding officers, those who are really serving, and that's God. The commanding officer isn't the church or pastor, it's God. And so we're not to be entangled with those affairs. Similarly, he goes on and he gives the second illustration in verse 5. He talks about the athlete. Anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Paul is continuing his illustration, but he's giving it a little different definition. Those who compete according to the rules, those who are not in it for themselves but are maintaining the right attitude, they're competing, they're, they're moving forward. Not everyone gets a crown except in our society. Everyone gets a trophy. Oh, you played Little League, here's a trophy. Last place, here you go. You know, it's good for people to know that they came in last place. It really is. That's what we like about American Idol, you know, that first few episodes, the people who can't sing but think they can. It's good that someone tells them, you can't sing. Someone should have told them long ago. It would have been good for them to hear from their mom, uh, honey, you can't sing. But instead, mom is, no, you're beautiful, that voice is great. No, mom, it's not. It's good for someone to know they can't do something. It's good for someone to come and last because then maybe they won't sing, they'll try dance. And, you know, who knows where that'll go. There's another show for that. <laughs> but you have to strive to be good. You have to compete to try and win. It, it requires your discipline to compete, and you do it according to the rules. That means that there is character behind what you do. The process is as important as the outcome. It's maintaining who you are while you're achieving something. And, and so you're living this life, trying to live for God, trying to, to be a person of character. It's not just about the race. It's about doing it the right way. How many times have I heard people say, well, we don't like to do business with Christians because they don't really have a lot of integrity? You know, they, they break their lease because all of a sudden it's got not God's will for them to be committed to their lease. And you see, the rules matter. The character matters. A person of character matters. You invest in a person who is striving according to the rules. Because if you invest with someone who doesn't care about the rules, 
then you end up in trouble. It's the person, you know, who, who goes to the grocery store and, you know, gets $20 over and says, praise God, God's meeting my needs instead of returning the money back. No, you, you have to be a person of character. Don't invest someone who sees achievement as more important than the character. People who feel they're doing something on Jesus' behalf but feel no need to do it with Jesus' character. We, we need to have that character and that attitude. Those are the people we need to be, and that's who Paul is telling Timothy to invest in. People who compete, but also do it according to the rules. And, and the competition is interesting because I think a lot of times in Christian circles, it's like, well, no, it's not a, ma- a matter of really, I'm just leaving it up to God. Well, what are you going to do with your life? What, what career? I, whatever God wants. Okay. What does that mean? Don't you have a role to play in that? And we can use spiritual language to cover our laziness, to to cover our complacency. And we use God as, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. Whatever God wants for me, it's okay. And we're like jellyfish. Got no backbone. There's nothing there that's moving forward. There's no intention And faith is now an excuse for negligence. Because we think God's going to give everyone a trophy. No, you run to win because only one gets the prize. You have intention. You live your life with a purpose so that your life makes a difference. And you see, all these things, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting real challenged. I figure if I have to deal with this, I'm going to make you deal with it too. I'm being challenged to be a person who has determination and intent in my life, a person who wants to see my life become something, amount to something, give of myself to other people. And I want to see that move forward. I want to see the things that matter to me given to others, and I want it to matter to them and them to move forward. And so I have to find the people who care like I care, who aren't entangled with the civilian affairs, who who see this as a race, who are trying to win, who aren't K-sera-sera-ing their life, who actually see that they matter, what they do matters, and how they do it matters. They do it according to the rules. This is a race. You need to try to achieve. You need to work at it. You need to invest in it. If you're going to run the race, you might need to diet. You might need to work out. You might need to exercise. You need to invest in those who run to win, but never violate how you're supposed to run. What will you do with what is invested in you? The only value of the things that I share is what you do with the things after you leave here. You see, this is serving no purpose for you to come to church because your mom asked you to. It's, it's not furthering your purpose. I mean, it's nice that you did it for your mom and she appreciates you being there. But it's not producing anything in you except for what you take with what we talk about and invest it in your life outside. People so many times want to know, well, you know, my life, it doesn't matter. I've done the church thing. I've gone to church. I remember talking to this guy. He had drug issues and I was Again, driving him to all these places, trying to get him his license, trying to get these things taken care of him. And he just kept going back to the drugs. And I said, you know what? Why, why don't you just commit your life to the Lord? And he goes, well, I did. And I was puzzled because I was thinking, you did? Then why are you committed to all these other things? Why are you invested in all these other things, but you say you're invested in Jesus, something's not adding up. You're in a race, and if you don't run, you're going to lose. And if you don't run according to the rules, 
you're going to be disqualified. Your life matters. How you live your life matters. It affects not only you. It affects the relationships that you're in. It will affect your marriage. It will affect your relationship with your kids. I can look back in my own life and see all these areas where I have screwed up, where I have not run according to the rules, where I have not been diligent in running, and you always reap what you sow. You always do. And that inability to recognize the importance of the things that we do will always come back and haunt you. It always will. And you see, how we live and these things that Paul is telling Timothy are the things that will affect the people around us. It is the things that will affect how we move forward because if we invest in the wrong things, there will be no return. If we invest in the right things, in the right people, in the right ways, our lives move forward and make a difference. And so what are you going to do with what's being invested in you? You get no points for coming to church. You run to win. You put your effort in to being a life that plays by the rules and honors God. The third illustration he gives is that of a farmer. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Now, I don't know a whole lot about farmers, except that they farm. But I know, you know, I've seen the movies, they get up early, because you've got to milk the cows early for some reason. I don't know, maybe the milk turns sour in the afternoon. You know, and you've got to go dig the dirt, and you've got to go move the boulders and plant the stuff, and then bury the stuff and water it's just a long job. They get up from the crack of dawn, they go to bed in the evening, and the mom's got a home-cooked meal there with all the vegetables they grew in the garden. Uh, I'm just going from all the movies I've seen. That's my knowledge of farming. Okay, but what Paul is saying here is it's a lot of work. And when you do the work you get the benefits of your work. You see, we live in a world where appearance is celebrated. If you're pretty, then we'll celebrate who you are. Then you can get the job. Not if you work hard. It's just the appearance. It's how you look. If you've got charisma, well, then we're going to celebrate you. We're going to acknowledge you. Fame is more important than character. And so we live in a world that celebrates the wrong things. And what Paul is saying is you need to give yourself to the person who gives themselves to the work. You need to give of yourself to the person who works hard. Work hard for the person who works the hardest. And that goes for your job relationships. Again, who is the one who's working? Who's the one who's busting it to try and get the job done? Well, that's the person you want to invest in. Why? Because they're going to produce for you relationships. Who's the person who really cares? Who's the girl who takes interest in the things you're interested in? Who goes and watches the Avengers with you? Thank you, honey. Who's the guy who drives you home? Who opens your door? Who's the person who works for the relationship? Whether that's re the relationship at work with you or the relationship with God. Work for the person who works the hardest. Invest in the person who works the hardest. You see, Paul is trying to encourage us to invest in the person who is faithful. God gives more 
to those who are faithful with a little. As I was putting this study together, I was really trying to wrap up the importance of relationships. And what kept coming to mind is how we make mistakes with the people we invest in. How many young ladies I've talked to who've invested in a relationship with a young man who was self-centered, didn't care, wasn't giving, but was a taker. And he took and he took and he took and gave her nothing. How many people invest in other people and it wears them out and it makes it difficult? I I did two weddings past week. Last week, my son's wedding and then uh, Friday night, another wedding. Two young couples and, you know, Looking at them and challenging them, one of the things I said in the ceremony is that this is a choice. No one's twisting your arm to marry him or to marry her. God isn't making you get married. These are your vows. These are your promises to be this person. Be a person who takes the promises serious. Be the person who gives of yourself to the relationship, who invests in the other person. And if you both invest in each other, your relationship can grow. But if one person just keeps taking and taking, it's going to cause hurt. And that's why there's the vows of promise, for better or for worse. You're not getting out of it just because that person's a taker. You just need to know what you're getting into, for richer or for poorer. (laughs) Sorry, babe. (laughs) For sickness and in health. Some things we can't control. Some things we can't. And it's never too late to start doing what is right in your relationships and in your life. It's never too late to start doing what is right. You have the power to change your life with how you invest and with who you invest in. You invest in takers, you're going to be sucked dry of life. You invest in the right people who will produce life in you and you'll see your life move forward. You'll see things change around you because you are giving to the things that will produce change. If you keep pouring that water into a place that doesn't flow, it's going to become stagnant. It's going to be diseased. It's going to be corrupted. And it's going to be poison to you and to those around you. And so invest wisely. But invest. Give of yourself. And find people that you can give yourself to. What kind of people? The people who give. The soldiers who aren't entangled with the menial things. The athletes who are determined to win, who are engaged and who are playing according to the rules with the farmer who works hard because that's the person who works hard that you're going to work hard for so that they can gain. You know, here at Genesis, we've got a lot of people who work hard. I'm up here talking, but I get here after other people. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those people who work hard. Our leadership, great people. Gil, Mary, Val, Alex, Beth, Julie, all these people who give of themselves so that we can be here. We've invested in people who care and invest, and that's why we're here. Do the same. Invest wisely in the relationships that you have for Christ's sake, for your sake, and you'll see improvement in your life. Let's pray.
Father, I find it so hard to, to try and relay the truths that I've seen just throughout the years. And what I don't want is to create a formula. Because, Lord, you can take a person who is a taker and make them a giver. And so we are never going to shut compassion up for people. We just need to be wise in how we give. And there are no set rules of how that takes place. Sometimes we invest and the investment doesn't come back and we stop for a period of time. But then we invest again because... Lord, you go for that one who is lost and leave the 99 sheep to find that one is lost. And Lord, we are to do the same. At the same time, Lord, you invested in those people who were committed to move your message forward. Those who believed in you enough to run the race, to run it well, and to work hard at the things that you entrusted to them. Lord, I pray that we would do the same, that we would be wise in these relationships, that we would be careful in how we give of ourselves to others. And going back to where we began, that we would see and check our own hearts to see if we are people who are giving or are we just taking. And Father, I think we can all find ourselves in that situation at one time or another. And thank you for your patience, your long-suffering, your encouragement, Lord, to move us forward. And I pray that this series has been helpful, Lord, to make these areas of our relationship better quality, to change our life by changing the area of our relationships with one another pray you continue to minister to us and just engage our thoughts of how we live our lives with those around us. Lord, that it would produce something that is valuable to us and to those around us. Do pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.